Welcome to the Pixels and Dice podcast, where every week our crew of intrepid dipshits blather on about all manner of gaming topics, as if they actually have something useful to say. Really, it is just the worst when it comes to podcasts, but here's an idea. Turn it into a drinking game. Every time they say something stupid, take a drink. But seriously, don't do that. Your liver will thank you. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Scormus. And I'm Bellus. And today, well, we talked video games last week. So shall we talk a role-playing game this week? Sure. What do you got in mind? Well, it's October. So, you know, I was thinking uh, maybe we should talk about, like, oh, a classic war game like uh, Twilight 2000. Yeah. Uh-huh. No. Sure you were. No, <laughs> it's Halloween. So. Call of Cthulhu. That's a good choice, too, but no, not this time. Not All this time. All flesh was beaten. We've done that, I thought. We have? I'm pretty sure we did. Huh. But it's related. It is? C.J. Corella's Witchcraft. Ah. Yes. That was a fun game. It is an excellent game. I mean, it's related to um, All Flesh Must Be Eaten in that they use the same system, effectively. They use the Unisystem, system, which is... It's not my favorite system, but it's damn close. Mm-hmm. It's pretty easy to use. It's uh, fast. Character creation can eh, take a little bit. A little bit. But if you use just a standard archetype and don't tweak it too much, it's pretty easy to make a character. And actual gameplay is a breeze. Mm-hmm. One of the things I like best about it is, you know, okay, you roll a d10, add your stat, and you tell, okay, I got this total. The uh, chronicler, or game master in that case, goes, all right, well, I'll reduce by difficulty, knock off a few points for the difficulty, and did you make it over the target or not? Yes, no. Real simple flows. If you have a D10 and one of everything else, you're probably okay. At least a D4, a D6, and a D8, and a D10. You don't really need 12s or 20s as far as I know. But Or as far as you remember. As far as I remember. And sometimes you might need 2D10 or something. But damage-wise, it's generally like... You stab somebody with a knife. That's a D4 multiplied by your strength. So you could do anywhere from one point of damage to whatever. Or, if you don't want to roll for it, you can just take the average of that D4 roll, which would be a 2, multiply that by your strength. You do a set amount of damage. So now you just roll to attack. I hit, I do this damage, move on. Yeah, that would speed things up. Super quick, super easy, and it's basically designed so that you could say this of pretty much any role-playing game, but the rules don't matter. 
like with many of the games I love, if you find a rule is interfering with your gameplay, or dice rolls are interfering with your gameplay, then make them stop. Don't use it. Move on. Mm-hmm. Just judgment call and go. It's all story driven for the most part. Right. And another thing I really like is the magic system. Yeah, the magic system was pretty easy. I remember everybody uh, made their characters and almost nobody had any offensive capability magic wise. Mm -hmm. It made you really think about how you were going to go about using your abilities. Mm -hmm. They could be quite powerful if you could work cooperatively with your group and run a ritual. It wasn't like you're going to be running along and throwing fireballs and things like that as a general rule. Right. It was more hexes and things like that and using thaumaturgy, you know, really um, trying to use it to gain information and whatnot, not so much combat magic. Right. But you do have necromancers and you have people with divine abilities and whatnot. So it isn't just witches per se. You can cover the gamut of supernaturally powered mortals. Right. And Bast. Well, of course. Because what's a witchcraft game without uh, cats? People that are, you know, half person, half cat. Or humanoid cats. Oh, they were intelligent cats, if I remember right. Well, I was looking at it and they're uh, very much pictured as people with cat heads. Weren't you playing a Bast character and you were just a cat that uh, spoke? Kind uh, of a Sabrina the Teenage Witch? That sounds familiar, but I'm just going by what the picture I saw in here was. Well, they may have multiple different forms. True. Well, they are shapeshifters, so that really doesn't surprise me. And I think it was actually Ten who was playing the uh, cat. I was running the game. Although I did do recall making a Bastet when we were going to do this as a campaign. Um, Bjorn from uh, yeah. Knights of the Tabletop was going to run it. And then that fell apart. Because, yeah, I you really know. missed uh, my character. He was uh, basically a man-whore. <laughs> he was almost homeless, and he uh, used his uh, seduce ability to keep him uh, with a place to stay. And usually he was so good at it that uh, they'd give him a little extra money to, you know, go get yourself something nice kind of thing. Ah, didn't really get to explore that character very well, or very long. Well, that's okay. It was a fun idea. Yeah, that's the thing is, it's... Sure, there's a lot of uh, modern horror or urban fantasy that can emulate the same sort of setting and situation that you can have 
with witchcraft. But I don't think they do it quite as well as here. With the exception of maybe Dresden Files. But that's not really a fair comparison because Dresden Files has this pre built um, lore and setting based on 15 books and a bunch of short stories. Right. You know, it's not really fair to compare a role playing game in a generic setting to that. True. But considering that, and considering the fact that this game does such a good job, even without that well-detailed setting, that, that speaks quite highly of this uh, role-playing game, in my opinion. Well, and one of the nice features is it doesn't have it's not tied to any lore, so you could say that if you, the group of players are still in the Dresden world, they're just, you know, minor, um, minor psychics or minor mages or whatever they're called. I can't remember. They're, they got latent abilities. They're just not like, you know, full-blown mm -hmm. wizards. And still play in that world with the uh, um, with the system for witchcraft. Yeah. And actually, you know, I kind of considered that at one point when we tried running um, Dresden Files, what, a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. And I really like the fate system, but man, the magic system in there was making me want to you know, rip my hair out. And I'm bald. So, yeah, that uh, it isn't a good magic system. I don't like the way it rolls at all. It's very tedious. Well, it's also it can, barely useful. I figured, you know, just expanding upon the witchcraft book, especially if you brought in uh, All Flesh Must Be Eaten and maybe even Apocalypse, which is another game using the Unis system. I think that's what it's called. Anyway, you should be able to emulate enough of the Dresden Files world to make it work. But then 10 got me Dresden Files Accelerated, which is a simplified version of the Fate system in the original game. So, yeah, we'll try that first, I guess. Okay. That sounds like fun. By the way, I did look it up. There's two forms of bast. The common bast are bound in the shape of a cat, generally an unusually large feline, and they can only communicate through telepathic means. A high bast can assume a human form for short periods of time. They were once the rulers of the bast, although now they have no special rank or status among their kind. So, we were both right. One can is well, they're both big cats, kind of like uh, Maine Coon cats, and one of them can turn into a human form for a short time. Whoa, still nifty. Well, it's still nifty. I like the idea. Mm -hmm. 
Now, and it feeds a need for those cat girl types. Yes. Now, I also have the Mystery Codex uh, supplement for the game. And this is the sort of game that really, I mean, yeah, the original book does have quite a bit of uh, niftiness to it. It covers pretty much everything you need. But the Mystery Codex adds so much more to it. It's got additional archetypes to go with. But more importantly, you know, new character types. And that's handy. Makes it feel a little bit more like Fung Soiks, like they've got uh, Storm Dragons, mm -hmm. which are effectively monks. Supernaturally charged Tai Chi. New qualities and drawbacks. New stuff all across the board. But... It also gives you the ability of, like, Vampire. A 15-point supernatural quality. So expensive. But you could choose to play a an undead character type, choose the Vampire quality, and now you get all the abilities of a Vampire. So effectively, you can now play Vampires. And moreover, you know, new skills, things like that. But, where was that other thing I was looking for? You can take mundanes and make them gifted during play, instead of them always being locked in as a, a mundane. Oh, yes, yeah. inhumans. You know, how to play... All manner of different undead. Like spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, you have common ghosts, greater spirits like phantasms. All the different abilities therein. So, kind of like Wraith, the Oblivion. Right. Only useful during gameplay with other characters. I mean... A ghost that actually can do stuff, yet still has the uh, the nature of a ghost, being immaterial and hard to see and things like that. But they're not completely locked out. Oh, let's see. Oh, and they've got different little abilities, like the Banshee power. You can take your ghost and turn it into a Banshee. And kill everybody. Yay! Life drain. So you can really tweak it to make specters. All different types of ghosts. Like they have a pre-built uh, archetype for um, a ghost vigilante. So like a the crow kind of thing. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Phantasms, which are a different type of spirit, obviously. And you got your vampires, which they go into a little more in depth. Vampires have a lot of abilities. Well, you'd think so. Then you got the Restless Dead, who are actually more like the Crow. Ah. They're, uh, yeah, relentless uh, vampire hunters. So, yeah. New associations. 
basically it just takes everything from witchcraft and goes, hey, yeah, let's just do more of that. Let's just add a couple hundred extra pages. Just really expand the whole book. And I believe there's actually another uh, supplement to the game that I don't have as a hard copy. I can't remember right now, but point is, it's a pretty impressive little game. Now, you've played it before. I mean, we've talked a little oh, bit yeah. about four. Do you have any uh, additional thoughts on the game? We just needed more time to get a good handle on the game, but the group kind of fell apart. We did have that problem. And honestly, it, there's a lot of games that feel like, oh, they make a great one shot, you know, one or two games. And that'd be fun. You know, um, in the past, I've said Fung Soy is a great example of that. Not to bring that game up yet again, but it can do really well for one-shots. Call of Cthulhu can do really well in a one-shot. One or two sessions and move on. Especially, well, I don't see Call of Cthulhu really ever having a long-term campaign just because of the high mortality rate. Right. Characters are going insane or dying way too quickly. I mean, there's there's not a whole lot of survivability in the end. Right. Even All Flesh Must Be Eaten. Great for one-shots and that sort of thing. Not so great for an extended campaign. Whereas... Well, uh, it gets the whole Walking Dead treatment where, you know, you get tired of the whole zombie part of it. Right. And you have to have, you know, more... Um, dangerous enemies out there like Negan and um, kind of drawn blanks on some of the bad guy names, but you know, I haven't watched the show since the second season, so I couldn't tell you. Oh, they just had, it's, it's mostly just, you know, zombies are bad, but humans are much worse. Right. But that kind of takes away from the whole idea of all flesh must be eaten. Which is the opposite of that. But yeah. witchcraft, though, really is built and works best as an extended campaign. Mm -hmm. It's kind of hard to one-shot it when that just gives you a basic idea of, hey, I now got just a little bit of a feel for my character, and now you're telling me we're not going to play again? Right. I mean, that's actually kind of cruel. Because this is a fun game. Mm -hmm. And it, it can take them you know, a session or two just to get a feel for the way the rules work. Oh, at least. So, yeah. This is one of the games I kind of considered for the next campaign after Pugmire finishes up sometime next year for Knights of the Tabletop. But Fung Soy would be much better. <laughs> yeah, I think but so. This would make a nice, you know, half year break sort of thing. You know, mm -hmm. 
I don't know if the Fung Soy campaign is going to go a full year plus. But if it only went like six months, Witchcraft could fill in and uh, pick up that beat and go right through the rest of the year. You know? Yeah. I'd be up for that. Yeah. I'm, I'm fairly certain I could talk everybody in the group for it. I don't think that'd be that difficult, no. Like, hey, Ten, you want to play a cat? I'm pretty sure she'd get on board. You can play a cat. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, any final thoughts? I need to turn my phone off. <laughs> <laughs> Work keeps calling. Uh, you guys are playing phone tag. You call them, then they call you back and forth. It's not one person, it's someone else, and nobody seems to understand that I have Mondays off. <laughs> Sorry, so dude. I get called, and I get called, and I get called. I mean, I don't mind helping, but come on, really? So, since we have a little time to kill, um, what have you been doing lately? Well, I've been trying to get back into writing my uh, D&D adventure. I mean... I don't know when we're going to be picking it back up, but uh, I really need to get on this so that I'm ready for when we do play. Well, I, I figured mean, we are right at the edge of the uh, castle. Mm -hmm. And I need to make sure that you've got, you know, fun encounters once you get inside. Yeah, I thought we could probably pick that up when we, when Ten and I get back from vacation. Which would be mm -hmm. mid-November. One of those weekends, because Thanksgiving is at the end of the month. So, do a session mid-November and then a session in early December. Boom. If people were willing to do that. Well, I'm available whenever. Yeah. And we generally are, too. Just, this month hasn't been good. I've suddenly got lots of doctor's appointments. It's a wee bit frustrating. Understood. Uh, okay. As for myself, so, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, what have you been doing? Well, I was going to say, as for myself, I've been, um, well, trying to do the live streaming and uh, whatnot. That's been, eh. Of late, I mean, it's always fun to chat with people. Just seen some declining numbers, and it's a little disheartening. But, ah. you know, hey, it is what it is. People are back in school, and, uh, you know, like me, they've got other things going on. So, mm -hmm. stuff happens. Plus, I'm playing a little bit more niche game, like uh, Secret World Legends. And uh, that doesn't have quite the viewership that, say, a Lord of the Rings Online does. Yeah. And that doesn't have quite the viewership that other games do. But You mean like real games? Oh, oh, shush. I am thinking of switching it up a bit, a little bit, maybe uh, breaking out the, uh, trying to get Star Trek Online going. That might uh, help things out. 
Still going to do me some Secret World Legends, of course, because it's October and got to play me some horror legend. games. No, it's a good <laughs> game, and there's a lot of people playing. Uh-huh. No, really. Sure. I believe really. You. I see uh-huh. people everywhere I go. Yep, in your head. <laughs> no, really. Honestly, the game really, I mean, it's certainly not a mega hit. But that's not the way it's built either. It's set up so that you can only have 10 people in a zone with you outside of the, uh, like, Agartha at any one time. And it layers. So if there's 100 people in Kingsmith, there would be 10 different versions of Kingsmith going on, for example. So you're only going to run into, at most, nine other people in that sounds zone. Sounds boring. Hmm? That sounds boring. Perhaps. But it's a horror game. It's Lovecraftian. It's trying to build upon the fear of you're out there dealing with this stuff alone or with small groups. So it actually makes it feel more like a horror game. They don't even call it an MMO. It's a shared world role-playing game. Which is to say it's a limited MMO. But still, lots of fun. When I'm in Agartha at the World Tree, which is the main hub, lots of people there coming and going from, you know, wherever they are to go to the banking system and whatnot and uh, do their shopping and whatnot. It really is a lot of fun. And if you like Lovecraft and the Cthulhu Mythos, things like that, it's a good game to try. Hell, it's even got an action um, action RPG type of gameplay similar to uh, Guild Wars 2. You'd probably pick it up real easy. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not not a fan of that particular type of game. You're not a fan of Guild Wars 2? No, not Guild Wars 2. I'm not a fan of um, The Secret World. It, I tried it when it first came out and was just phenomenally bored. Mm. The cutscenes, the story, it just... It was like moving at a snail's pace, and it just could not keep my interest. That's that's really weird. But, you know, I personally find the cutscenes and whatnot awesome. Especially certain NPCs like uh, Deputy Andy. He is so cool. <laughs> yeah, a little bit twisted, but still fun. Kingsmith and Savage uh, Coast are still my favorite zones. I mean, you probably didn't even make it to Innsmouth Academy. No. Where the headmaster is voiced by um, Jeffrey Combs, the actor. You know, from like Reanimator. Mm-hmm. And dozens and dozens and dozens of other horror films. And he is just fantastic. 
They um, Idris Idris Elba. Yeah. His name is. He vo- does voice acting in the Secret World. It's further along in the game, but yeah, they have they brought some big name talent in for it. Didn't help, but. <laughs> You know, people aren't going, oh, I'm going to play that game because my one of my favorite actors is in it. Yeah. Regardless, it's like 90% voiced quest-wise and whatnot. Except for like the little side quests. All the story quests, fully voiced. It's fun. And I believe I've babbled long enough. So... <laughs> Any final thoughts? Uh, no. I'm sorry. I'm just a little distracted between things. I'm trying not to be distracted, but it's not working. That's cool. We got to finish up anyway. So, till next time, I'm Scormus. And I'm sorry, but I'm Beolus. (laughs) (laughs) Generic catchphrase ending. Wow, you got this far. I'm impressed. Also, if you decided to play the drinking game, please get yourself to a hospital right away. No human should ever drink that much alcohol. If you actually enjoyed this travesty of a podcast, please drop by our website at schoolme.com, which could inspire a drinking game of its own.